the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous 2018. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed uh, your end-of-year celebration as uh, we reflect back on uh, the blessings of our Lord and uh, also looking forward to continuing uh, ministering and continuing also to serve Him. If you are someone who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're listening to this uh, podcast, um, you're joining in right now. This is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. It is my invitation to you uh, to consider our Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, Time is running out. Um, The world is just changing rapidly. Uh, Many things are happening. Uh, No one can guarantee uh, their life, uh, not even for the next second. So let's start the year with this resolution to become a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, I would love it, uh, of course, to honor my Lord by starting my first show in 2018 by giving you just a teaser about the deity of Christ, something that I'm going to continue probably as a series working on uh, for a few episodes, and I will even tackle it on my Facebook, uh, where you can always uh, interact with me and others. We have two pages, my personal page, which is alfadi.sira, Sira as uh, C as in Charlie, alfadi, A-L-F-A-D-I dot Sira, C-I-R-A, or my own ministry page on Facebook, which is Sira International, one word, Sira International, one word, once again, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. You can always also listen to uh, these podcasts and the archived uh, uh, previous ones as well uh, f- uh, from multiple sources. Uh, you can either watch, um, uh, you know, listen to it from our website, CIRAinternational.com. Uh, you can even uh, track it on YouTube at our channel, Sierra International. You can also go to SoundCloud.com and search for Let Dash Us Dash Reason, or just search for Let Us Reason Al Fadi. Uh, so there's a variety of ways you can really connect and communicate with us. By the way, I've invited our dear brother Vocab, and uh, we'll see if he can join us. I know he was running into some traffic issues. If he couldn't join us today, Lord willing, maybe in the next show or two. But if he comes in, certainly we'll uh, cut this short and dive right into um, uh, the interview with him. Uh, I think he told me he has some exciting news he would like to share with all of you related to a book. Now, um, with that said, uh, like I said, I want to start the year by talking about Christ and his deity, uh, something that uh, I struggled with when I was a Muslim. Many of my Muslim uh, people, Muslim friends, struggle with, and it makes sense, of course. I can sympathize why. But we cannot discount also 
the power of the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one must come with humbleness and humility and allow the Word of God to speak to them. If they come in with a presupposition already, when I argue, you're not going to hear a thing, you're not going to understand a thing. So with that says, let me give you a teaser. For instance, does Christ make statements that only God himself will make? I mean, here is uh, some of the scriptures I'm going to just give you uh, a glimpse uh, of. For instance, in John 6, verse 38, the Lord says, For I have come down from heaven. Notice, who dwells in heaven? It's the Lord who dwells in heaven, God who dwells in heaven. He said he came down from heaven. Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Who, who sent him? The Father sent him. And in John 17, 5, he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you. Notice, in John 6, he says, I came down from heaven. In John 17, 5, he says, I had this glory with you before the world began, before the creation of the world. So our Lord came from heaven. Only God dwells dwells in heaven. Here's another thing. You know, in John 8, 58, the infamous uh, statement, the I am statement that indicates his preexistence and eternality. He says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Wow. I mean, you're talking about Abraham was 4,000 years before, uh, basically, the coming of our Lord, almost 4,000 years um, uh, you know, to be specific, uh, uh, it would have been, at, I'm sorry, uh, to, to be specific, it would have been 2,000 years before the coming of our Lord. Um, you know, it's almost 4,000 years from our time right now, but it, it would have been about 2,000 years from his time, maybe 21, 2,200 years. Yet he's saying he was there before Abraham was born. Only God is eternal, basically. And in Matthew 28, 18, uh, this is the beginning of the Great Commission, basically, to all of us. He says, all authority, notice where? In heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, how can you argue any of these things? Of course, the, the attack usually is against the Scripture, because that's the only way someone can discount these things, by beginning to attack the authority and um, uh, the reliability of the Scripture. And that's why we always keep talking about that the Bible is authoritative. Is the, word of, the Bible is the Word of God, is the living Word, and there are many evidence to support this from within and from outside the Bible itself. So that's one taste here of what I mean by that. Obviously, we're going to uh, dig deeper into it. Uh, another uh, point I want to address. Does Christ conform? Does he have the attributes that makes him a deity? Uh, there are certain attributes that a God possess. Eternality, omnipresent, omniscient, and omni, omnip, uh, omnipotent. Okay? The omni attributes, per se. Omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. So let's see if there are descriptions in the Scripture about Jesus himself to possess those attributes. What about his eternity? In the announcement, uh, you know, almost 700 years before his birth by Isaiah, in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, describing him as the everlasting father. For to us a child is born, it says. To us a son is given. Notice the son came from heaven. The son existed. In the beginning, the word, okay? And the word is with God, and the word is God. So he existed from eternity past. This son was given to us how to be born as a child. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, notice, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Notice, Everlasting Father, the Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. 
in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, announcing also a prophecy about the coming of our Lord from Bethlehem Ephrata, a specific location of Bethlehem. This is how precise the prophecies are. This is what it says in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old. This is the way that the, the Bible describes eternity when it comes to God. He is called the Ancient of Days, for instance, from old, from ancient times, meaning from eternity past. So these are attributes given to our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is uh, Jesus himself says, uh, basically something I just mentioned in John 17, 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Notice, before creation of the world. Was Jesus omnipresence? Absolutely. In fact, Jesus himself says that in, Math- in Matthew eighteen twenty. He says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. He's everywhere. And he will be with two or three. He will be in their midst. And this can happen anywhere. It can happen in China, in North Korea, and South Korea. It can happen in Asia, anywhere. It can happen in Europe. It can happen right now here. Anywhere, anyone is gathering Jesus' name by his authority to study his word. He will be with them. Only God can be there. Even in Matthew 28, 20, which is the Great Commission, this is what he promised after he sent us to make disciples of all nations. In verse 20, he says, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely, he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How can Jesus be with us today and was with the apostles 2,000 years ago and continues to be with all of the church saints for the last 2,000 years and will continue to be with us until the end of the age, until the coming of Christ for judgment? How can he be with us unless if he is omnipresence everywhere? Of course, there are other scriptures in the New Testament that testify this. I'm just giving you a taste. This is just to kick off the year by talking about our Lord Jesus Christ and honoring him because we exist for him, through him, and serve him. And we want to honor him by starting our year by glorifying this mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Was he omniscient and all-knowing? Absolutely. You know, for instance, in Mark chapter 2, verse 8, the incident where the paralytic was lowered down basically through the roof, it says immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking, meaning, meaning the Pharisees were saying, after he says, your sins are forgiven, they were beginning to ponder and say, you know, only God can forgive sins. So he knew what was going on in their hearts. Notice it's plural, not one heart, multiple people were there. It says, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking these things? Knew what was going on in their hearts, basically. Here's another thing. In Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, Jesus dropped the big one. Here's what it says. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. Now, find me a single prophet, by the way, whoever said he knew God. Find me a single individual in the history of mankind who can claim that they knew God. Obviously, no one knows God except Vocab, who just walked in. So, what's up, my friend? How you doing, man? Am I on the radio? You are on the radio, and I told people that you are stuck in traffic. At least that's your word. 
It's true. It's true, man. I'm super glad to be here, though. I love this show. I love what you've been doing. I long. I love how long you've been holding it down. I love how unique it is, and I'm super glad to just see in general what you've done since you graduated from Phoenix Seminary all those years ago when we used to hang out. Amen, brother. Well, uh, uh, this is to my listeners. Uh, that was a teaser about the deity of Christ, which we will do an entire series, and we will keep going through it for as long as we can. Uh, and this is why I wanted to kick off the year by talking about something like this. But now we're switching over to our dear brother, Vocab, who actually told me that he wrote a book, and I couldn't believe it, and now I have the book in my hand. This is what the title of the book, Please Forgive Me, that's his title. <laughs> it says, Bar- Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites, written by Vocab Malone. That's all I'm going to have to say about that. So I'll turn it over to Vocab. So you, what's, what's this book all about, You Vocab? got it. Well, I was going to speak at a conference. And the pastor says, are you bringing anything? And I thought, I said, well, I've, well, I've really got our old rap CDs. You know, I used to be a Christian rapper. I don't have any really apologetic materials yet, you know. So he says, well, you should have something. So I kicked it into overdrive, and by God's grace, literally they were delivered on the Saturday of the conference in Philadelphia the book on the topic about which I was speaking, which I had been working on, but he kicked me in the pants. So it's about what you've interviewed me about before, which is this new growing religion of Hebrew Israelism, which is overtaking cities. It's overtaking the blocks. It's overtaking even some of the prison systems. It's growing. There's rappers signing on to it. It's popping up all over the Internet in newfound ways. I mean, it's growing like wildfire for sure. And so there's no books about it. Now there's one. That's awesome. And uh, really, I would love to talk to you about your publisher. If they can help you with that, great. I have a lot of books in my head. I would like to publish them, too. They're an independent local publisher, and they can help you. That's awesome. So, brother, why don't you give people—I I am familiar with the topic because you kindly came to my show a couple of times and talked about it, and you're doing your research on that, if I understand. Yes, sir. So, why don't you give people just a glimpse of what do we mean by the black Hebrew Israelites? Well, let me read a little bit from the back of the book, and I think it helps lay that out. He's selling his book, guys, That's so right. please go and buy it. Whether clad in black and camo or purple and gold, the Hebrew Israelites go where you go, and they go hard. In some cities, they've been known to storm in and disrupt church services. So let me explain the first two sentences right there from the back. So sometimes you'll see these guys out on the street corner, and they'll maybe have either all black on with combat boots. Sometimes they'll have camouflage as well. Certain camps, which are roughly equivalent to denominations within what we are calling black Hebrew Israelism. They don't call themselves that, but that's their essentially what the religion is. Dressed that way. Others have purple and gold. For example, some of your listeners may have went to the Arizona State Fair recently, or maybe they went to Glendale Glitters, and they may have been accosted at some point by some guys in purple and gold out there. And they thought, wow, are these really excited Lakers fans? Who are these guys? They're the Hebrew Israelites. They're called IUIC. They're one of the camps. So I mentioned their colors that they wear right there. And they like to set up where people are. For example, I mentioned Glendale Glitters, the Arizona State Fair. They'll stand outside and say, excuse me, young black man, do you not know that you are royal heritage descended from Jacob? You are not just a nobody here in America. You need to learn about your true heritage and wake up and keep the law, statutes, and commandments so you can get out of the condition we've been placed here in this wicked society ran by Edomites. Something like that. Uh, I didn't know I was an Edomite, but... Um, you were not an Edomite. 
under their table of nations. So the Hebrews lights have their own invented table of nations where they have a biblical name for a people group. Then they have the modern equivalent. You would be under their table of nations an Ishmaelite who, according to their leaders, Ishmaelites have treated the Hebrew Israelites second most worst right behind the Edomites who Edomites are considered white people. Oh, so at least I'm still bad, but that's okay. You're second worst. You will still go into slavery. All right, man. That's great. In I've the been kingdom. a slave, by the way, for all of my life until I found freedom in Christ. Praise God. And I'll just read one other line from the back of the book. It says, this book outlines the essential history and beliefs of one West Hebrew Israelism. One Westers comprise the most vicious, visible, and vibrant branch of the movement. So just like in Islam, you might know more or focus on Salafi Islam, which sometimes Westerners will refer to as Wahhabism, or if they really don't know, they'll just say radicalized or extremist or conservative or traditional. Or Salafism. But yeah. Salafi is probably the, the most accurate term to use. So one West Hebrew Israelism is a certain type of Hebrew Israelism. Not all people who identify as black Hebrew Israelites are one Westers, but there's books written about those other groups. There are no books, except for now, so written about the one Westers. How can we simplify it in the next couple of minutes? So they emphasize the law. They call themselves Israelites for That's, a reason. Yeah, they'll just say they're Israelites usually or Hebrews. Yeah, and, and how did they reach this conclusion that they come from that lineage? Well, I have a chapter. It's chapter four. It's called Deuteronomy 28 and Kendrick Lamar. And the reason why I have a chapter talking about Deuteronomy 28 is they look at Deuteronomy 28, which is in the Old Testament, right? And they look at it and they say, look, here are curses Yahweh said he was going to give to the Israelites if they disobeyed him. Then they go through the curses, the punishments for disobedience to the covenant stipulations, and they say, who is the only people group on the face of the planet who meets all these conditions. It's not those rich crackers over there in Israel. It's not the Edomites and Malachites who are running Hollywood. Who is it? The so-called black people of America and the Western Hemisphere. They're the true Israelites. And Deuteronomy 2868 is the clincher because it says you'll go into slavery in ships. Mm. So they believe that is fulfilled clearly in the transatlantic slave trade. So what is your refutation of this particular passage, for well, instance? Well, you got to buy the book. But, but, and I'll see. Speaking of that, can they get it from Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon.com. Just search for Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites. You could probably just put Black Hebrew Israelites or even just Vocab Malone, and you'll be able to find it. By the way, while I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 28, would you like me to explain why Obama's name is in the title? Uh, yes, but I would suggest to people, do not put the name Barack Obama because you don't want the Secret Service knocking on your door. So put Vocab Malone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, there is a Netflix movie, brother, that came out a few years ago, and it was about his life when he was at Columbia University, and it was called Barry. And when he was walking the streets of Harlem, because for a short time, young Barack Obama what lived in Harlem, and he walking on the street, and guess who he encounters in the movie? The black Israelite? Yes, and you can find the clip on YouTube, and there's a brief scene where young Obama is purported to engage in a miniature debate with the Hebrew Israelites. And when I saw that, I said, look at one of the first apologists against the Hebrew Israelites. It was Obama. Wow. So did he do a good job? <laughs> he did okay. It was brief. Now, first of all, no one knows if the uh, encounter is, is historical fiction or historical. 
uh, I don't know primary source for. It. I just know it's in the movie, right? Oh. And so, but within that, I, I I state that in the book. But nonetheless, you can use what he says because what he says are actually common objections people will raise to Hebrews Lights when they talk to them, and what the Hebrews Lights actors are saying in the movie actually are some common things they'll say. For example, they're using the KJV. The young Obama actor is purported to say, "Why are you using the KJV?" And he said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, isn't the King James Version written by a white devil or translated by?" And the actor. The Hebrews like points to a picture supposedly of King James that says actually he looks like a black man. Look, there's a picture of King James. He looks like Billy D. Williams, if you ask me. And then, which is one of their claims, by the way, that King James is black. And then Obama says, "If you say so, brother," and walks on. <laughs> so that's the title of the book. So I use it as a launching pad to explore their beliefs. So very interesting. So people can get the book. Are they able once they read the book to just get a an, a, a huge overview? I should say an understanding for the common man on the street yes what to expect the book is not an all-out refutation of all their claims what it is is an introduction and this is in the subtitle of the book to the basic beliefs of a certain type of hebrew israelite the one whom nothing is written about and the one whom you will see on camelback at 19th first street in washington and sometimes in the levine area as well so i'm speaking of specific locations where they set up in phoenix arizona and if anyone goes on 19th avenue around dunlap Israel United in Christ actually have a rather large school that meets over there every Saturday. And so it were, it's, it's an introduction to those types of sects of belief. And so you'll know more when you see them on the street. So are you planning on maybe digging deeper and doing more series uh, to this book? The book needs to be revised and amended. I found some typos, stuff like that, you know, so I do want to sharpen it up, tighten it up. I'd like to add, honestly, 100, 150 pages and try to do a second edition before I move on. But within my head, I've thought about five or six different titles already within this one apologetic realm I could do. So it's just sparking all kinds of ideas. For example, this is kind of related. I would love to do a book called... The Kingdom of the Urban Cults. Remember Walter Martin's classic, The Kingdom of the Cults? And he goes through and he talks about Christian scientists and Jehovah's Witnesses and all that, right? Someone should edit a book where there's contributions by experts and all these newing, new developing urban cults that really haven't been studied that much, such as Hebrew Israelism, such as this group now called the Kemetic Community, uh, sometimes called Egyptologist, such as the Nuwabians, such as the Moors, such as the Nation of Islam, and there's all kinds of ones that you could do. So, for example, I just I, – I don't know what's going to happen, but I know there's a lot of ideas now that this has happened, but – I'm ready for Deuteronomy 28 if you are, but I also don't want to... Uh, yeah, I just want people to know that the book is beautiful. Go ahead and buy it. We yeah, want yeah. Vocab to make a lot of money so he can support me. So, uh, you know, my ministry depended on you now to go and buy the book. Right, right. So, it's, uh, it's available on Kindle, too. So you could, awesome. you could do it that way as well. And you can do it through Amazon. And there's another place you can get it through a, a website called The Book patch.com and that way um you can get the pdf if you want to do that instead of a kindle they have the pdf but let's just look at deuteronomy please we have about five minutes once you go ahead and the lord will bring you back in ships to egypt a journey that i promise that you should never make again and there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves but there will be no buyer so they use that as a clinching verse deuteronomy 28 68 to prove that so-called american blacks are descendants of the ancient hebrew israelites and egypt is the world or america in this case Yes, what they do is they'll say, well, if you read 
the Bible in context, uh, Egypt is referred to as the house of bondage. So America, for the so-called black American, is their house of bondage. So when it's saying to Egypt, it's actually referring to America. That's so how, one do, how do you refute it? Well, we do a few things. One is I say, it says, we'll bring you in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised you should never make again. So that means they've been there before already. Okay. And so I'll say, when did the ancient Israelites ever go to Boston? Yeah. You so, see what I'm saying? It has to be a place you've been to before. And the other question I ask in relationship to Egypt is, Egypt is mentioned in Deuteronomy 28 two other times, and whenever it's mentioned, it's literal, physical Egypt. Very good. And what, in, in the last minute here, uh, how, how do you get around the ship thing in their mind? They're convinced it's literal. Well, I do believe the ships are little, and it's interesting. They want little ships to go to a figurative place, basically. Got the it. ships are little, but the Egypt is not. I see. Uh, see? Yeah. You see, guys, this is why you should take hermeneutics, because mm-hmm. you cannot pick and choose. You're either all literal or non-literal, but you cannot pick and choose. Yeah, we call it Hebrew-Israelite hopscotch hermeneutics. There you go. Well, brother, <laughs> it's, it's always a privilege, but would you join me again so we can really, I would love to do a series on the Hebrew-Israelites, because believe it or not, I get a lot of comments when people listen to your show with me. And they are oblivious to this particular cult, and they would love to know more. Yes, and what will happen is the first time they see them on the street or watch a YouTube video or someone at their job, they'll say, oh, that's what he was talking about. That's awesome. So uh, you heard me. Hopefully we'll have vocab to do a couple of those. Maybe we'll go through the book and pick some chapters on that. Until we meet again, may you have a blessed Saturday and a blessed week, and may this 2018 be a blessing to all of you. Please join us again at Sierra International and go and uh, listen to Let Us Reason uh, with Al Fadi. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you richly. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.